this evening. If uh, if you guys, if there are, you guys did a pretty good job tonight, but if there are some seats at all in between you, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind squeezing in for anyone else that's coming a little late, that would be great, just to make sure nobody has to sit in the ground that doesn't need to. So, um, For those of you guys that uh, are new this semester, spring admins, or uh, just, just haven't checked us out yet, um, welcome. My name is Jeremy, and I am... I'm on staff with Challenge and uh, have been on staff since 2010. And uh, my wife Katie is here too. She's in the back. Um, if that's not enough reason to listen to me tonight, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, and uh, we have three kids. We have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And um, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I thought it was pretty good. My five-year-old came in this morning, uh, my son William, and jumped in our bed early and said, Dad, I got a joke for you. Now, five-year-old jokes are usually like, huh. Um, but this one was actually pretty good. Uh, he said, Dad, what's the ch uh, cheapest way to travel? And I was like, what's the cheapest way to travel? He goes, on a freeway. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's actually, that makes sense. Um, most of the jokes, they don't. Um, so it was pretty funny. Uh, tonight we are in uh, week two of a six-part series that we've been going to be covering this semester on learning to get into God's Word. And last week we talked about uh, the importance of God's Word, as well as the reliability of God's Word, and, uh, and it was a really good, there's a lot of really helpful information shared in that one, so if you didn't get to hear the beginning of that series, I highly encourage you, uh, we have a podcast, if you didn't know we had a podcast, go on site, go online to our podcast and listen to that message, and it'll be really helpful for you. It's USC Christian Challenge. Um, so tonight I actually want to, is it just me or is it getting darker in here? Okay, maybe that's me. Um, Feels like it's getting darker. Yeah, uh, all right, all right, good, good. That's I'm not just blacking out. Um, so tonight, as we uh, as we, I want to start off kind of where we finished up at the end of last week, um, which is with a snapshot of what the life of a person. One of many snapshots in the Bible. What the life of a person who is really beginning to regularly get into God's Word, really regularly begin to. Uh, live in it and live under it and let it have authority in their life and begin to renew their mind, what the life of someone like that can begin to look like. And this snapshot is found in Psalm 1, uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 6, and it says this. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, this passage depicts two very different outcomes for people depending on how they approach God and how they approach His Word. And thankfully, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we actually have the opportunity and the availability to know God and to know His Word and to really have access to this blessed life uh, if we so choose. Now, in order to get a better grip on God's Word and to really learn how to live in it and learn how to live under it um, and really experience the blessings, we're going to spend the next five weeks talking about the various ways you can begin to get into God's Word. And they're illustrated with this uh, this hand illustration you see up here that we talked about last week, that Dawson Trotman, uh, the founder of the Navigators, he, he made this years ago. And ways you can get into God's Word, you can hear it, you can read it, you can study it, you can memorize it, 
and then you can meditate on it. And so tonight we're going to focus on that pinky of how to really effectively hear God's word. Now, I don't know about you, but I happen to think the pinky is the cleanest finger on your hand. Now, I don't have any data for that. Um, I'm not even sure why I fully think that. Possibly because I think I touched the least amount of things with my pinky, so I think it's really clean, right? I feel like that's valid, maybe. Um, And not only that, but I also think because my pinky is my smallest finger, it's also like the least intrusive. So whenever I'm wanting to like taste test, like, you know, a cake or a sauce or something, I find myself always naturally, not even like consciously, dipping my pinky finger into it to taste it. And it's kind of a quirk, like Katie kind of gives me a hard time about this, but I won't stick any other finger in food, just just the pinky, you know, and get a little little dip out of it. But we were watching a uh, professional cooking show the other day, and this professional cook, he wanted to dip his finger, no problem, in, uh, in some food. And guess what finger he dipped it in? Or what finger he dipped in it? His pinky. That's right. So I felt vindicated. I was like, see, Guy Fieri sticks his finger, his pinky in the thing. So, you know, um, I, I felt like I was validated. Now, the problem is when you're dipping finger in things like spicy sauces, is also the same finger you rub your eye with when it's itchy because it is your cleanest finger. And I've done that on numerous occasions as well where I dip my finger in a hot sauce and then scratch my eye and it was burning. Now, what's the lesson behind all this? Well, absolutely nothing, actually. Um, I just wanted you to know about the versatility of my pinky and why I like it so much. Um, but now that I've got your attention, uh, we're going to talk about tonight's talk about effectively hearing God's word. Um, when I was younger, I began to, I used to kind of think that when you would hear, like when it came to like hearing God's word, you kind of had to have this sort of, sort of weird, mystical way of approaching it. You know, it kind of had to get, kind of get in the zone in order to, to hear it. And, and, you know, the way you went about to effectively hear God's word was, was unlike, you know, any other way you went about learning. You just kind of had to get this, you know, and just if you, if you, if you really felt it, you know, you could really get into whatever God was wanting to say in that moment. Um, but as I got older, and as I began to hear God's word and to learn from others that were really doing it well, I began to realize that's not really how it works at all. In fact, I began to realize a lot of the same attitudes and preparation need to be a good student in the classroom really paralleled a lot of the same ways that you can really effectively hear God's word. And so for those of you tonight here that are good students and have good study habits, this is going to be encouraging because you can begin to immediately apply some of the things you're doing in the classroom to your, you know, hearing of God's word. And for those of you who are not so much in terms of good study habits and you think these get degrees, this will be a bit more of a challenge. But either way, I think tonight will be a helpful and just kind of being like, how do you begin to effectively hear his word? And then as a bonus, how can you be a better student? Um, now, just like in the classroom, there are things that you can do while being in the classroom, while listening actively, that will really help you. Um, and we'll talk about a few of those. But I want to mainly focus our time tonight on what are some of the things that you need to do even before you enter the classroom, even before you enter hearing God's word, the preparation that takes place beforehand, um, you know, both internal and external preparation. Because like a lot of things in life, it's really in the prior preparation uh, that the, the win takes place. You know, if you've ever played sports much or you watch many athletes, you know, you know, they didn't do what they did on the field because five minutes before the game, someone gave them a list of best practices to do on the field and they just performed out there. No, it was in the weeks and the days and the months, you know, ahead of time 
of all the practice, all the routines that allowed them to, to perform, you know, so effortlessly on the field. Um, and I think the same is true, you know, in school, and the same is true when it comes to hearing God's word. You know, you have to have external preparation, things like getting a good night's sleep, you know, in, uh, eating a good breakfast or lunch, you know, remembering to pack your notebook or computer for class, showing up to class, better yet, showing up on time to class, um, doing the assigned reading ahead of time so you know what the professor's actually talking about. But even before some of this external preparation when you enter the classroom, uh, there are some internal preparation things that have to take place to effectively hear and learn from your professors. For instance, you actually have to have a desire to learn a given subject. Otherwise, you're probably not going to go to class. That's probably why some of you guys don't go to class, because you think, that is about the most boring thing I could ever think about. Um, or you, have, you also have to expect the professors are going to teach you something that you don't already know. Otherwise, you probably won't listen very well in class. And you have to have a clear mind just from all the other distractions of your classes and relationships and to-do lists so that you can actually focus on what that particular professor is sharing in class. And you have to be willing to learn from all types of classroom lectures, whether it's you know, PowerPoint or dry erase boards or a teacher just reading from their textbook or Zoom lectures, you know, whatever it is, you have to be willing to learn from the different styles. And in the same way, if we're going to effectively hear God's word, we have to prepare both externally and internally. And I think that really starts with internal preparation. And so I want to propose you uh, six questions for you to write down and kind of be able to think about. And, um, and these questions really are to serve as more of uh, something you can ask yourself on a regular basis to really gauge and to really maximize your ability to hear God's word more effectively. And then we'll talk about a little bit of external preparation. So the first question to kind of write down and think about is, do you have a longing and a desire to hear God's word? Do you have a longing and a desire to hear God's word? Psalm 119, 97 and 103 says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. That, that sounds like someone who really is looking forward to getting into God's word and can't wait to hear at any moment they have a chance. You know, the last U.S. president that came to speak at USC, to my knowledge, was Barack Obama. And, um, and I remember that the day he came to speak, he was speaking at 2 p.m. And the reason I remember that so distinctively is I knew people that were showing up at 9 a.m. to get in line so they could get a good seat to hear Barack Obama. I heard about people whose family was coming in town the night before, staying in hotels near USC so they could wake up early, get on campus to get in line so they could get a good seat to hear Barack Obama speak that day. And I remember just thinking, like, wow, this, these people really want to hear him. And I thought about, like, well, why, why, are, why are they going through such, such lengths to, to do this? I think, well, obviously, they want to be in his presence. They want to hear whatever he has to share. They think it's going to be worth it. And then I also began to think, you know, people will overcome a lot of different excuses and obstacles and busy schedules and money issues to really hear what they want to hear if they want to hear it bad enough. You know, over the years, uh, I've seen this with adults outside of college. I've seen this with college students here at USC. You know, you guys will spend lots of money and time to do day trips to Vegas or San Diego or all sorts of places just to hear your favorite band perform because you like them that much. And I think, man, do we, do we have that same kind, of, same kind of zeal, same kind of longing to hear God's word? Or 
Is it just something that we hear when it's convenient? You know, there's nothing else on TV. Let's hear God's word today. You know, is it one of those kind of things? Second question, are you coming at it with an attitude expecting to learn? Or do you think you have it all figured out? Proverbs 18.2 is an interesting verse. It says, fools have no desire to learn. Instead, they would rather give their own opinion. Now, I doubt if any of us were asked, including myself, if someone said, you know, how, how would you describe yourself? I doubt many of us would go, ah, fool, basically. Yeah, I would say, yeah, pretty much in a nutshell, I'm a fool. Um, I doubt any of us would say that. And yet, if we're being honest, does this verse not describe us all the time? You know, I'd rather just give my own opinion. You know, I don't really have a desire to learn. And the problem is, you know, when you're the smartest person in the room, or at least smarter than anyone talking in the room, you don't have a lot of incentive to learn. So we have to really begin to humble ourselves here. You know, Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. See, what you see is humble, teachable hearts, man, they, they really have a desire to learn. And the Bible says as they do that, boy, they're going to grow in wisdom. But prideful hearts, man, that leads to disgrace. Can you think about people in your life that, you know, they're so, so wise or so well-versed on a given subject that whenever you have an opportunity to hear them share on something, you are, you're leaning in so intently, you're paying attention to every illustration, every word, because you're just waiting. You know, you know every little pause is going to be a nugget of gold that they're just going to drop, and you, you can't wait to hear what they're going to say. And I, I know people like that on various subjects, and when I'm around those kind of people, the question in my mind is not, am I going to learn something? The question is always, what am I going to learn? You know, because I know I'm going to learn something. I just need to pay attention, and I'll learn something. And I think that's the same expectation, the same anticipation that we want to approach God's word with. Not like, am I going to actually learn something? But no, but what am I going to learn? I plan on learning something. I just try to figure out what it's going to be this time. And then third, are you willing to learn from anyone who has something good to share rather than thinking God can only speak through a small selection of people? Are you willing to learn from anyone who has something good to share rather than thinking God can only speak through a small selection of people? One of my favorite stories kind of related to this, um, this question is a story that my dad shared before. Many, uh, many of you guys have probably heard it from him before. Is back in his early days of ministries years and years ago before you or your parents were probably ever born. Um, but he uh, was, just came on staff with a college ministry at the University of Oklahoma. And... They had their large group gathering like this, uh, weekly gathering one night, and this, I think he was, I think it was a student, it was a, it was a young like freshman student or something like that, they were standing up and they were sharing a little bit about, you know, how to have a quiet time, how to get in God's word. And my dad had been a Christian for a while at this point, he had been having quiet times regularly and began to do that, so he wasn't really inclined to take a whole lot of notes or pay a lot of attention to this particular talk. And yet, he looks over at one point and he sees... Max Barnett, who's been walking with God since like the flood, and he's the director of the ministry at the time, and he's like vigorously taking notes over here, and this guy like could write the book on quiet times, and in fact, I think he has actually written a book on quiet times, um, and, uh, and so after the message, you know, Max and my dad, uh, Max comes over to my dad and just says, man, isn't that, wasn't that really good? There were some really good things that guy had to share, and my dad thought, yeah, I mean, Pretty good, I guess so. I didn't take a lot of notes, but um, but 
One of the things that became very apparent to my dad at that moment, he goes, there's a reason why Max is the man he is. Because Max is willing to learn from anyone who has something good to share, even if it's something that he already knows, but it's just a reminder or he's learning different, you know, different aspects of the same thing he's already learned. He's vigorously taking notes because he wants to be a learner. Um, and that really began to change, you know, for my dad, just a very uh, mindset of, I want to learn from anybody if they have something worth sharing. Um, and then to go along with that question, the next question I'd say for you is, are you willing to come with such a learner's heart and attitude of humility that you're willing to learn from different styles of teaching? Now, it's okay to have preferences. Everybody has preferences on the kind of style of teaching that they prefer. You know, for some people, they prefer topical, uh, you know, going through the Bible topically. Other people like to go through the Bible verse by verse. Um, some people prefer a really emotional, gushy speaker that's kind of jumping around from point to point. They have you laughing in one moment and crying in the next. And other people like someone who, you know, is a little bit more uh, calm and, and kind of linear in the way they speak and things like that. It's okay to have different kinds of preferences in the way that you like to hear things. The problem is, you know, is when we start to think that we can only learn from a specific kind of teaching. You know, we don't get to pick how our professors teach us. Um, we don't get to pick how other people teach us. Our job is to decide, man, if they have something worth sharing, then it's beneficial to me to learn from it regardless of how it's packaged. And it can be easy to approach, and I've, I'm guilty of this too, it can be easy to approach hearing God's word from the standpoint of kind of a critic, or we're evaluating the message on how engaging and how entertaining it was. And while I'll admit, it's helpful to have a message be engaging and entertaining. Um, that's not really our primary focus. Instead, as my dad mentioned last week, a more mature approach to approach God's word is to see it really as, not as a point of entertainment, but as a point of action. And so primarily we want to figure out how can we let God's word evaluate us, not how we evaluate it when we come to hearing it. Then the fifth question to ask yourself as you're internally preparing to hear God's word is, have you confessed known sin to God and are you seeking to turn from it or are you stubbornly disobeying? Have you confessed known sin to God and are you seeking to turn from it or are you stubbornly disobeying? Uh, James 1.21 is an interesting verse. It says, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Now, James, like the rest of the New Testament, was originally written in Greek. And the word filth in this verse, it's a Greek word that is a derivative of another Greek word, which means earwax. And as you know, you know, too much earwax in your ear begins to build up and you begin to have trouble hearing. That's why you, every now and then you have to clean out all the earwax in your ears. Um, and so playing off that idea, what James is saying here is he's saying, you know, we need to get rid of all that moral earwax that builds up so that we can, so that prevents us from really hearing and receiving God's word effectively and correctly. See, the longer we continue, the longer anyone continues in willful disobedience over time, the more earwax they begin to develop and the deafer and deafer they become to really hearing God's word. And over time, if you keep going down, not that you're living a perfect life, but if you keep going down a path of disobedience and not choosing to repent, turn the other way, you're going to eventually find yourself really, really... Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Um, now, yeah, you're going to have a really hard time hearing God's word. Um, so much so that, honestly, uh, 
you might even have seen people like this in your own life. Things that years ago seemed so clear, so black and white, like clearly this is right over here, clearly this is wrong. They're like, you know, I'm really confused about that now. You know, maybe, you know, in, in, in the Greek it means, ah, you know, maybe that's not what God meant. Uh, it's like, come on, come on. You know that's what, but, but they're, they've been walking down a path for so long, they're really having a hard time just seeing their own hand very clearly. And so, while none of us are perfect, when we do sin, what we want to do is we want to confess that quickly. We want to thank God that he's forgiven us. And then we want to replace that sin with what would please God and turn from that. And if we do, not only are we going to live better lives, but we're going to more effectively hear God's word as well. So that's the fifth question. And then the sixth and final question, which kind of as you're internally preparing is, is your mind and emotions settled enough that you can receive what you're hearing? Or are you kind of anxiously running through your to-do lists, even right now, and thinking about, you know, the relationship issues you have going on or all the problems you have going on in your life and stuff like that? That can be very easy to do coming to challenge. I mean, you have, you've been here for a few minutes, and the worship's great, and we enjoy that, but you've only been, you know, about 20 minutes removed from the rest of your day. <laughs> and so it's, it's difficult to calm down and just to be able to focus your mind and your emotions. A verse that's really been helpful for me on this uh, is Philippians 4, 6 through 7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, we don't have to have it all figured out to have peace. We just have to know and trust the one that actually does. And so if your mind is racing in all sorts of directions, before you're about to hear God's word, whether it be here at Challenge or you're at Life Group or Freshman Connection or at church or something like that, just pause and take a breath and just briefly pray and just, you know, I do this on a regular basis and just pray and say, whatever's on your mind, just bring that to God and say, God, I'm really worried about this. I'm frustrated about this. I don't even know what's going on over here. Would you help me with that? And then, Thank God for how he's come through in the past. And then just ask him, God, would you really give me a focused mind and open eyes and ears and heart to really understand and really take in what you want me to hear right now? And God will begin to help you do that. So that's some internal preparation. What about a little bit of external preparation? Now, these four brief questions I'm going to give you, they are very common sense. But as you observed much in your life, common sense is not always common practice. So they bear being said anyway. Um, the first one, are you getting enough sleep? You know, you don't get points for just showing up. You know, you won't learn the Bible or your textbooks through osmosis. I've tried. You can't just lay on them and try to absorb them. Your body has limits and you need to rest sometimes. One of my favorite quotes from Max Barnett, who I mentioned earlier, um, has been, he's in his late 80s now. He's been walking with God for decades. But one of my favorite quotes by him is this. He says, sometimes the godliest thing you can do is go to sleep. You know, like, thank God. <laughs> Good. I can do that. Um, sometimes the godliest thing you can do is go to sleep. So, you know, if you're falling asleep all the time, get some sleep. Um, second, are you eating well? You know, food stimulates your mind. So eat good food and eat it often. But maybe not like a buffet before challenge. Like, it's a little too cozy in here. You're going to fall asleep. Um, 
And then third, you know, are you getting regular exercise and taking care of your body? See, a lot of these things you're thinking, I never thought about that having to do with effectively hearing God's word. It actually helps you. Um, you only have one body. Take good care of it. And then the fourth one, do you have something to take notes with? You know, whether it's a fancy leather-bound journal that smells of rich mahogany, you know, or something like that, or whether it's just a cheap spiral-bound notebook or notes on your phone or, you know, notes on your computer, you ought to get in the habit of learning to take notes. Statistically, we remember so little of what we actually hear that if you'll take notes, you actually can review what you've read over and over again and begin to internalize it. And not only that, but we post our messages on our podcast, like I mentioned earlier. And so week after week, they're on online. And so you can go back and re-listen to messages that you didn't get to listen to or you wanted to listen to again. Um, There was a study I heard one time that said, if you really want to internalize something very well, like a message, listen to it three times in a 24-hour period, and you'll have it a whole lot more down than otherwise. So if you're not in the habit of taking notes when you hear God's word, I highly recommend you do. And even take that step further, I'd encourage you to plan some time where you can, you know, review your notes and talk to it with a friend, talk to some things you're going to apply from that. Um, One strategy you could take is uh, if some of you guys are in the habit of regularly, you know, getting God's word and reading it on a regular basis, maybe on a daily basis or several times a week, I'd encourage you maybe take one of those times out of your week that you plan on reading God's word. Instead of reading the Bible, just review the notes that you've taken on various things throughout the week, whether it be church notes or notes from challenge or notes from life group. Just sit down and that's going to be your day of just note review and just run through the things you've taken notes on. Now, you have to have taken notes in order to look over your notes, but take review those and then just really kind of think through how am I going to better weave the, the fabric of the things I've learned here into my life? How am I going to be able to apply what I've heard into my life? And this leads to one final question that I think really honestly could sort of apply, you could call it both internal and external preparation in some ways. And honestly, I, I kind of saved this one for last because it's probably the most important question I mentioned tonight. And it's this. Have you begun to put into practice what you've already heard from God's Word? Have you begun to put into practice what you've already heard from God's Word? I ask this because in the classroom setting, as well as when it comes to hearing God's Word effectively, it's really easy to think that just because you've heard something and you've intellectually grasped it, that you've actually understood it and that you've changed. But the reality is, we know that's just not true. That's why James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. That's why professors have those annoying things called midterms and finals. <laughs> is uh, Even if you understood the material in class, they want to test you to see if you actually did understand the material. And through those tests, they want to know if you can proficiently you know, demonstrate your knowledge on those lower division courses before they advance you to those upper division courses. And the same is true with God's Word. Now, when it comes to God's Word, there are not formal tests, but don't kid yourself. There are tests. It's called life. And like your professors, God will often not waste time giving you deeper insights, think upper division courses here, until you begin to put into practice the basic things He's already taught you. And I think God does this for at least two reasons. One, because it's a privilege to really learn how to live life correctly from God's Word. It's not a right. And so God, God wants to know, are you actually valuing the very things I'm giving you? 
And then two, God knows, just like your professors know that, if you don't understand and live out the basic things you're hearing, there's really no point in giving you deeper insight and deeper knowledge on uh, things about God's Word or the class because you wouldn't be able to appreciate it, you wouldn't be able to understand it, nor would you probably apply it. It would be like me sitting in an upper division or a grad level class of some form of engineering here at USC. I mean, probably amazing stuff. You know, the guy probably is really knows what he's talking about and is, it would be really helpful if I understood any of the terms he was saying. But I've never taken even a basic engineering courses here, so it would just go over my head and I would probably do nothing with it. Um, so if you want to make sure you're, you want to make sure that you're putting into practice what you're hearing, if you want to be able to better hear and better understand God's word in the future. So as I, I wrap up this talk, I want to leave you with an illustration that Jesus left his hearers at the end of his famous uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, if you remember, my dad actually shared this passage last week, but it's worth repeating because see, I think the reason Jesus wrapped up his, his message the way he did and ended on this is because he, pro- he probably took a pause just before he says this and thought, there are thousands of people here, and they have just literally been live for the most impressive, famous sermon ever delivered or ever will be delivered. And they're going to walk away kind of like people walked away from, you know, famous concerts or things like that. Like, I was there. Oh, yeah. I, you know, Alex and I were talking about there. I got the T-shirt and stuff all thinking, like, that was enough. But Jesus said, no, they need to understand. You, this doesn't matter that you were here. It, it matters what you do with this. So he says this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. A couple observations to look at from this passage. One, God does not promise. He does not promise a storm-free life if you hear God's word. God also does not promise a good life that will withstand the storms if you regularly hear his word. Did you know you can go to church every single Sunday and challenge every single Thursday and go to life group every single week and hear God's word, and if you don't do anything with it, your life is no different? (laughs) In fact, you probably wasted some time. But the promise he does make, he says, if you will listen to God's word and you'll build your life on God's word by putting into practice into your life, that you'll not only have a good life, and a sturdy life, but it will withstand any difficulty, any trial, and any storm that you do face. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want, and I think that's the kind of life you want too. And you can have that kind of life if you will choose to trust Jesus and listen to his word and then take what you listened and learned about and begin to put it into practice in your everyday life. So let me pray for us, and we'll invite the band back up and sing a few more songs. God, I, um, I thank you that we have access to your word, period. Um, I know that some, something, especially here in the 21st century and in America, we can really take for granted. And God, just the fact that it's so 
easy to get to. I pray that we would not undervalue the significance of it. And I pray that we would also not just be overwhelmed when we approach it, thinking that um, there's some odd way to go about learning it. But I pray that we just implement the very simple truths, the simple questions that we talked about tonight, and that we'd really prepare our hearts to really be able to hear it when we do hear it, and that we learn from it and put it into practice. God, I pray that we wouldn't be deceived like James says in thinking just because we can talk about God's Word, just because we can explain God's Word, that it's really made any difference. But I really do pray, God, that we put into practice things that we've learned and that you would be very kind to open our eyes to more and more insights and how to more effectively learn and put into practice even the, the harder things from the Scriptures. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.